gotten quiet. That must mean something's going to start. Okay. Let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Father, I thank you for uh, today. It seems like it's been a long time since we've gotten together for Sunday school, and we pray that you would uh, be with the kids this morning and as they're starting back in Sunday school, for the teachers, um, for the high school. I know Jeremy's teaching there, and and for the uh, uh, college career classes as well as our class. I pray that you would be glorified in all that is said and done today. I'm thankful for the body of Christ that we can come together, we can learn together, we can fellowship together and encourage one another, Lord. And I pray that you would help me to remember what I've studied and that we would just have a good time of uh, uh, studying around your word now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, it's been a year and a half. I was in this spot about that time last March, so... um, it's, it's kind of weird to think about uh, how fast something become the norm, isn't it? Um, so I'm glad that we could get back started and, and have Sunday school again. So I appreciate each one of you and uh, look forward to questions and the conversation that we have. Um, so how many of you remember the 14-day lockdown? We're back. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, and that's what I'm going to go through today. We're going to do, actually, I'm going to do some repeat material. So if you were here before, um, I'm going to start back up into the one and others. Uh, today we'll kind of do an intro. I'm not going to do quite as big of an intro as what I had the last time. So it's a little bit repeat material, but we never did finish. I think I got through five weeks, maybe, something like that. And so... Um, as I was thinking about it, and I know Albert was asking, who's up next, and how do you want to pick up where you left off? And so I thought, you know what? Just thinking back on things, we've had a lot of challenges in life over the last year and a half or 15 months. So I thought, you know what? We can still use a refresher. Um, you think about love one another, encourage one another. There's all kinds of things that we can do in our Christian life that's characters of uh, traits of, of of Christ. And so, um, you know, as we get into things today, I want it to be just a little reflective as well. And as I think about it, you know, we're always encouraging, we always think about the forward looking, right? We are to love one another. We are to encourage one another. I want us to look a little bit too over the last year and a half and say, did we love one another? Did we encourage one another? How did we do? Kind of a, maybe it's a little health check for us as well. Um, I think when you go through trials and you go through some challenges in life, um, you know, you think back and when you start to be reflective, uh, there's a couple of things that usually come out of it. One is, is that you start to think about, yeah, I could have done this a little bit better or I learned this. But at least for me, when I start looking back, I also see the joy of the Lord that we can say, you know what? The Lord was good. Uh, He is faithful and he saw me through this. And that's where I really want to start today. I think when, when we left off, um, there was kind of a lot of unknowns. You know, there was, there was all kinds of stuff going on. And so I wanted to start with just... Uh, I had a couple of verses out of Psalm. 
and then I had Psalm 46. And I want to just read those. And again, maybe it's a little reflective, and um, I don't think of myself as too sentimental on certain things, but um, I think it's good just to think back and, and be thankful for what the Lord has done for us. So you can follow along. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. And I remember we were kind of saying, we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, do we, back in March. But we said, here's what we do know. Where do we find our help? You know, it's not, I like watching Fox News, but it's not from Fox News. It's not from CNN or MSNBC, right? We need to look to the Lord and say, this is where I find my refuge, and he is my fortress, and in him I will trust. Go to Psalm 46, and you can follow along or look, look it up as well. Another encouraging chapter. Here it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, just as the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. And I guess the one thing that I've missed is is having some interaction with people. So I want us just to take a look at these verses and, and just kind of look, you know, from the first verse on. What are some things that you can say, hey, I'm thankful for this, or something that's, that, that this verse really points out that can strengthen us? What do you see in verse 1? Jim. Yeah. Amen. How easy was that over this last 15 months? <laughs> it's kind of hard sometimes, wasn't it? Don't know. What else do you see? Thank you for those comments. What else do you see in there? Or some instructions for us. No, you can look at all of them. Just pick something out, something that may speak to you. Don't fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
there is there is a lot of fear out there, um, and I think that that uh, you know I think the old things. If I remember right, TV ratings or, or at least news articles and things are spawned by spawned by fear. So, you know that that helps get ratings up. There is a lot of fear out there. A lot of contradictions, wasn't there? What else? forgot about that Franklin Graham he ran a lot of uh, uh, gospel on there yeah yeah that's right what else do you see good in Galatians we're going to look at Galatians 5 today and and we often hear the term walk in the spirit or walk in the Lord and and what you just described is that walk isn't it it's a day-by-day thing it's a forward progress so somebody else had their hand up yeah Burke That's right. And what you were describing there, too, was kind of fear. What are we going to do? When you get frozen and indecision and not knowing what do you do, that's when fear comes in, isn't it? It's kind of that definition. I'm not moving forward. I'm not walking, but I'm kind of stepping back. Yeah, Matt. All right, let me just keep going and see if, I, if we missed anything. I think we got a lot of it covered. I love that verse of the be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes walking in the Spirit also is taking time to um, get into his word. Be still and know that I am God. 
when we start to dwell on our circumstances too much, then sometimes we can take our eyes off of him. So it's good just to think and reflect on who God is, what he's done for us, and who he is. Um, I think it's also, there's a lot of things that did not make sense, right? Uh, I always think it became more pertinent over this, this past 15 months. We heard the numbers, we saw the escalating graphs. When you started to put a name with a death, or I think of Albert, when you were in the hospital, you were one of the early ones. Um, boy, it kind of hits you differently, doesn't it? You say, well, maybe we're not immune to things. And I know, look around the room, a few of you battled some, some intense things there. Um, you say, well, what happened? Why did Albert get this and not me? Or why did somebody else? It's really the sovereignty of God, if you really look at it. And, and he allowed those things to happen. And um, it, there wasn't a rhyme or reason on how it is. But I think, if anything, it also shows God's the creator of all things, right? He gives life, and he takes life. And as we look at life, uh, we're made in the image of God. And I think a lot of people today don't see that we are in the image of God. And so they discredit a lot of that stuff. We never want to just say it's a number, you know, well, we had a death over here or something. No, it's, we are made in the image of God. We are precious to him. And so I think, again, we look back and say, thank you, Lord, that you are in control. You are the creator. And if anything, I think that's been the, one of the big challenges. What did we hear through this? Trust the science, right? Now, that's a whole other thing. I know I could launch, and I'm sure each of you could have some opinions on that. And I want to be careful not to do too much political bias in here, because we could certainly get there, right? But I think sometimes trust the science was another way to say, not always, because there were some things, but I think it's also a way to say, trust something other than God, right, many times. So you want to make sure you're checking on those things, too, and ultimately you have to come back and say, just like it says here in Psalm 46, he is our refuge, he is the creator, and... Um, he is an ever-present help to us. So I think that's what I wanted to cover in that, that chapter. Any other comments on that? All right, we'll get in just a little bit more. Again, I just kind of put up just a few things. We've kind of covered some of this stuff. How many of you work from home uh, or went home to work? Yeah, well, you know what? We couldn't have done that 15 years ago, probably, because of the technology and things. That was a blessing. Um, I know I... My work is just finally going back. Everyone's supposed to report back sometime this week. So um, just to have that ability has been a blessing. We didn't lose jobs on some of that. Um, Zoom calls. How many of you went, attended a Zoom call at least once? A few of you? Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? That became a norm. Uh, as we look at controversy now, I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying this to say this, but it, I want to keep it in context of the one and other things because I'm showing you that there was a lot of conflict during this time. And you think back with the elections, a little bit of conflict there. Um, whether or not to wear a mask or no mask, vaccines, no vaccines. You know, we saw businesses closed, and I think from a worldly perspective, there was a lot of hopelessness out there. But I think, you know, from a biblical perspective, we should see that as an opportunity also to share our faith and to live it out. And so that's where I kind of go back and even say... Uh, the challenge that I have as we start this whole thing is, did we get a chance to display our one another's over the last time? 
How did we do during that time? Did we learn anything? Did we display the love of Christ? And then take it in, launch it like what we would normally say. And how, how, did, how are we doing today and looking forward? It's easy to say some of these things. It's hard to put it in action. And so, um, but I think it's a good question is always to ask, would I do anything differently? I know looking back on things, there's probably times when I was too harsh on, on different subjects or people thinking, you know, certain things. And uh, each of us have to kind of be reflective in our own mind and as we go through there. All right. Let's get into a little bit more, and I'll give you more of the background of how I came up with this. Um, it just always struck me that the one and other verses would make a good lesson series. So I, I kind of just jumped in, and I started looking at it, started arranging things. My first attempt, I kind of came up with a category list like this. But then as I kept studying, I thought, you know, all the time when we're talking about the one and others, most of the verses in the context around each of the sections were dealing with uh, character traits. And so I thought, you know, I kept going back to the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to study that a little bit this morning, just as the basis, and that will launch us into start, starting to look at the love, love one and others verses next week. But I really thought, you know, it kind of encapsulates for us... Um, some of the principles, I guess, love one another is so predominant out there, and that's where I kind of say that the most. Uh, 29 times is kind of my categorization. And, and again, some of those you could spread into the other ones, but the dominant one was probably the love one another. I'll just hit the highlights here, and then we'll get into it. John has a lot. You see a lot in John. Uh, love one another. Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. So there's some, there's some themes here as we keep moving along. It's it's not like it's just referenced one time most of the time. First Thessalonians, Hebrews. I always think of the Hebrews. We see that a lot of times in our bulletins, or as we um, talk about encouraging one another, and so much the more. Um, so that's that's a good one. First John has quite a few. Then we get in and we have joy. Uh, greet one another with a holy kiss, teaching and admonishing one another. So we'll get into most of these here as we keep moving forward. Long-suffering. I would say long-suffering is one that we don't like to go through, but as I started looking at this again, it's kind of like we, we had quite a bit of this over the last 15 months, right? Suffer long with one another. Say that. Gentleness, self-control. All right, so let's get into it a little bit more here today than on the actual verses. Galatians 5. Why don't I have somebody read this for me? Whoever gets there first, go ahead and Galatians 5, 16 through 18. That's right, go ahead. Thank you, Linda.
Again, the reason I go to Galatians and just go back a little bit, I think when I did this the last time, I actually went back and started in Galatians 1 and covered the whole chapter, but I thought I'm not going to go into quite as much detail today. So I'm going to hit it with um, Galatians 5, and then we'll, we'll read through the uh, 26, I believe. Again, walk in the Spirit. Marilyn, you kind of talked about that. Again, it's, it's that daily walk that we have. It's uh, all believers have the Holy Spirit, and we see here, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, I'd say that's a great thing, and we're going to see that list of things in the flesh in a few verses, right? So the encouragement here is, again, walk in the, have a relationship with the Lord, walk in the Spirit, and why is that important? Well, so you don't fall into those other things, that the sinful practices in life, right? Um, that walk, again, is an active thing. Um, I think even if you look at what's the opposite of walk, kind of sitting, not doing anything, uh, what happens when we do that? Even there, we can get in ourselves in trouble, right? One of, them's, one of them is probably the TV clicker even. Sometimes uh, sitting in the spirit is not a good thing because it uh, gets our mind on things that are, are not pertinent as well. So, again, that active Walk, walk in the Spirit. Another way to put this is to be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Spirit. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. A Spirit-filled life is also a word-filled life. Um, Does Paul ever say that we'll never struggle with the flesh? No, no, that's right. We have a lot of admonishments, right? And that's why he's even saying this. Remember, walk in the Spirit, right? Verse 17. Um, for the lust, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things which you wish. I think that's a great verse from just representing the daily struggle in life, isn't it? We do the things that we don't want to do. When you do that, what's your first tendency? Why did I do that? That's just stupid. You have to confess it, right? You get back on the and, and, and move forward. But sometimes uh, that tension is there. We struggle yet. We walk in the spirit, and yet we struggle against the flesh. Sin prevents us from doing what we should do. And then verse eighteen. It's implied that we are led by the Spirit if we're believers in Christ. The flesh represented the law of which we're no longer bound to, and the Spirit is governing us and not the law. You might say we're under the law of love now. Um, the Spirit doesn't force us to do anything, though, does he? But he does empower us, and I think that's the other key. We're not just ro- mindless robots if we're Christians. We do have the Holy Spirit empowering us, but we do need to take action. All right, any comments on those verses?
good, good point. Anything else? Can I get somebody to read Galatians five nineteen through 21? John, I know you had your hand up earlier. Do you want to read that for us? Yes. Well, these are verses we don't like to dwell on too much, are they? And I'm not going to dwell on them too much either, because I think we all know some of the definitions of it. But I think this is where we start to get into the contrast. And Paul says, hey, here's some of the, here's some of the bad stuff that I just said. The things of the flesh, right? I'm just going to mention and categorize these. Um, there's really four different categories of sins here. Sexual sins, um, dealing with adultery, fornication, and impurity, and sensuality. I'm always amazed when you think back with different uh, characters of the Bible. You think of David. You think of others. Um, that struggle is there. And you see even with world leaders. I mean, who was it? Ravi Zacharias, is that right? That after he passed, you know, some things came out. And you think, man, there are some great men that you think of that have struggled with these things. And they're real. I guess I just say that. And, and that's why they're listed here. These are the things of the flesh. And we also deal with the superstitious th- sins, uh, idolatry uh, and sorcery. We don't think much on sorcery, but that's a real one, too. We get the word uh, pharmacy out of there. Uh, the Greek word is pharmakeia. But, you know, there's a lot of things there. And I think as you look in uh, uh, one of the great sins emphasized in relation to the last days in the book of Revelation, even in Revelation 9.21 and chapter 18 and 21 and 22. So uh, I think in different countries and different lands, sorcery and those superstitions are a lot more uh, valid. I think they're probably even coming into more play here in the U.S. even. You hate to say that, but... That's right. So it's real out there. Yeah, yeah. Then you see the strife sins. These are a lot of the things that we typically think of just in the day-to-day life. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy. And I think, you know, when you look at my observation through a lot of this stuff, even over the last time, is you realize... Who's in control of the world? And that's Satan is still the prince of this world, right? If you see what's going on in the world today, it's anything to deal with authority, anything that's dealing with God's image is being torn down. Um, even something as simple as the family unit. Um, we're told now that you, know, you don't need a, a husband and a wife or whatever. You're, you can tear those structures down. That's really one of the bases of our foundation of, of authority as we look look at things. So I see, you know, a lot of this stuff. Um, like I said, dissensions, heresies, envy, jealousies, jealousy, yeah, jealousies. 
all of these things, Satan is working to attack us as Christians and, and to infiltrate the world in that thinking. We see it. We live it. You know, we see it out there, right? Um, it goes back to saying, why do we want to walk in the Spirit? So that we can recognize it. But it's easy just to condemn it, isn't it? We need to take it that next level and say, you know what, folks? We can pass all the laws in the world, but I'm not going to legislate these things. Where we need to see action is praying for people and sharing the love of Christ with them. To me, that's the only way to have differences is to have a changed heart. But I know that sometimes as we watch the, the news or whatever, isn't it easy to condemn the people for their actions when that's really what we should be expecting? And I think that's kind of what we're seeing in these verses here. So we have to check our attitude at times with that as well. And finally, the social sins. This is what I call it. It's murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Usually murders hit the top news, breaking news hour if you watch that. Uh, breaking news always happens at the top of the hour, too. It never happens at like 17 after. It's always the top of the hour. But anyway, all of those things are in direct contrast to what we're going to be seeing in, in the next verses. Um, kind of a transition. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, um, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Here's the key part, I think, for us as believers. And such were some of you. We can relate to this stuff, right? And such were some of you. That recognizes the changed heart, doesn't it? That somewhere along the way, we repented and said, I'm going to have a 180 turn. I'm not going to follow these things, but I'm going to follow Christ. I have the Holy Spirit that's empowering me to do that. But you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Great transition verse, isn't it? If you think about it, I love that. And then we get into the more positive side of things, and it says, what's the fruit of the Spirit? I'll let somebody else read those verses for me. Who wants to read those? Go ahead, Anita. Uh, you can go, go through 26. Very good, thank you. Again, that little word, that word but, is that transition. That's where I like the First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It's kind of almost saying the same thing. And such were some of you. And he's saying, but here's what the fruit of the Spirit is. Here's what you can possess. Here's what you do possess as a Christian. Notice that that fruit is not, um, that is singular. So these are not optional things that says, well, we can have love, but maybe somebody doesn't have peace or long-suffering. No, as a believer, we have all of this, right? This is the fruit. Um, I think that if you were to have... Uh, like one of your children, and you were to say, how would you describe Addison? Wouldn't it be a blessing if somebody were to say, well, they're, they show love, they're kind, they're good, you know, they show goodness, they show mercy. Those would be great attributes, wouldn't it? 
characteristics that you could describe somebody. I hope somebody could say that of me or to of you, you know, versus, nah, he's a reviler. He's kind of contentious. He's got doesn't handle his anger very good. So, you know, as you think about your life and our daily actions, walking in the Spirit, hopefully we, our lives can represent some of these these characteristics and traits that he says we have. Jim. Good point. Um, yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. We do. That's right. And I'm thankful that the Spirit is who ultimately convicts us of those things, right? So you hate to say it's a good thing to be convicted by it because that kind of also gives you confidence you're saved. Now, I know that's, you know, you get into another thing there. But, I mean, if you had a seared conscience and you're totally, you know, I think all of these sins as you look at these other things, hatred, contentions, really what it's saying is habitually you are doing these consistently. You know, do you fall into something sometime? Hopefully not some of the bad things that we think of in here, but... You know, have I been jealous? Have I envied or done something? Well, yeah. I think we all could say I've done something like that. But then you say, okay, i got to get this right. And get, you know, through the Spirit, convicts us. We repent of that and confess it and we move on. And try to keep uh, showing the fruit of the Spirit. Bible Knowledge Commentary says this. In an ultimate sense, this... Fruit is simply the life of Christ lived out in a Christian. That's that's a good way to put it. Um, the life of Christ lived out in a in a Christian. Pastor Dwight's commentary. I used some of that as I was putting the material together. He had said this on this verse, these verses. Jesus is the supreme example of each aspect of the fruit mentioned. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of God being expressed through a person. We are simply channels through whom the Spirit expresses himself in this fruit. And if you look at the, you know, I think the overwhelming one is the first one that's mentioned is love. So we see love as that Greek word agape. It's a very strong love. Um, and it's the foundation for all the other traits. Uh, this is consistent and dominant in the New Testament. It represents that self-sacrificing love that Jesus demonstrated on the cross. Joy. Joy is a spiritual happiness that's not dependent upon circumstances. Uh, This can only come from the Spirit and is dependent upon the Lord. It rejoices in the Lord no matter what our circumstances. So even think about last year. How could you have joy or did you have joy through any of this? Can you think of anything? Give me an example. Yeah, that's good. Was it kind of nice not to have the rat race sometimes? You, I know we've said that a few times with our family. We had Addie was able to come home even through it. She was, she had been at college at Wheaton and was able to 
finish her degree at home virtually. But we often said, boy, you know, it was just kind of nice that we weren't running all over creation and we could sit down and have some nice chats, have some good discussion over coffee or tea or something. So even through those challenging times, we can look at finding a little bit of joy. A little bit of joy. Peace. How many of you like peace? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, and I like this. It's close to the meaning of shalom which I love that word, everything as it should be. Just like everything's in order, it's the right thing, right? But that's peace. Like joy, peace is not related to our circumstances. Again, my Bible knowledge commentary says this, peace is a gift of Christ. Um, it is an inner repose and quietness, even in the face of adverse circumstances. It defies human understanding. How about long-suffering? Patience, being slow to anger. Is that descriptive of anyone here? That could be challenging for us sometimes. Being able to endure injuries inflicted by others and the willingness to accept irritating or painful situations. How about kindness? Shows tender concern for others. I think there was a lot of people that showed kindness during all of this with phone calls, letters, different things. Um, certainly an opportunity for that. And we want to keep that going as well, show kindness to one another. Goodness has the idea of moral and spiritual excellence. Inner goodness, it seeks to provide what is useful and beneficial to others. Faithfulness has the idea to be loyal, trustworthy, reliable, dependable. Gentleness is meekness. It's humble and gentle attitude that is uh, patiently submissive in every offense while having no desire for revenge or retribution. It's power under control. That's probably not defining of the world. The world will say, I want to have revenge. An evil is done to me, and I'm going to get back at them. But that is just the opposite of what gentleness. And then self-control is spirit restraint. Keep yourself in check. Um, as we read through this, I always think of, of um, you know, you could really think of it this way. God is joy. God is peace. These are also characteristics of God, aren't they? That we sometimes forget. But God is long-suffering. He is kind. He is good. He is good all the time. He's faithful. He's gentle. He's self-control. Against such there is no law. And again, just to note, the fruit of the Spirit is not the same as spiritual gifts. So again, you don't get to pick one of these and say, this is my spiritual gift, but we need to be focusing in on having the Holy Spirit influence our lives and empower us to do all of these things. So that's a good thing. We get to do all of these things, right? So just a good reminder there, too. Verse 24, and those who are Christ have, suffered, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Again, as a Christian, the flesh has been crucified. It refers back to the cross, and yet we still struggle. When we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we no longer are living in the flesh. We now are led by the Spirit. The Spirit guides and directs our lives. Yes, many falter sometimes, but it won't continue in a habitual manner. And I think that's the key theme there. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And again, I think that word, if, sometimes we use that, I remember 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins. But really the idea is since we do this, since we live in the Spirit, it is a fact for believers. So we should now walk in the Spirit. 
and walk denotes that action that we're talking about. It's a pattern of living. All right, let me go ahead and go on to verse 26, and we'll just about wrap up for the day. And let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So what happens when you don't walk in the Spirit? Well, I think Paul reminds us one final time that you can become conceited or proud. You fall back into the flesh and not walking in the Spirit. When we try to do things separate from the Spirit, we have a tendency to fall back into our old fleshly ways, don't we? Paul may have been dealing with a specific issue in Galatia here as well with legalism, but the point he's making is really around uh, fleshly traits. Any comments on those verses? Yeah, I think, you know, as, as we see the fruit of the Spirit, the world does not have the fruit of the Spirit. And so I think it's that contrast between the Spirit and the flesh. And I think he's just saying, let us not become conceited. So in other words, don't fall back into the fleshly things, you as believers. Um, so don't do that. Yes, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Provoking one another, envying one another. Now, it's also, those are traits of a non-believer, Right. And I think that's what he's really saying is, here's, here's, the, here's the fruit of the Spirit that's exhibited, but guess what? You can fall back into those fleshly things, become conceited in those things. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. Yep. Yep. Yep, that's right. Great point. Yes? So right on that. Any other comments? Had a couple more. Quote from A.W. Tozer. The best way to keep the enemy out is to keep Christ in. I think that's good. Tozer's always very quotable. And I'll just close with this. Next week we'll get into the love one another. I think we'll start in on the, uh, in the book of John. We'll see some of the primary verses there. And um, again... You know, as we look at things, we're going to just look at things that we can do, how to live, how to how to live within um, the Christian world, how to live in the regular world as well. Our attitudes, our characteristics, and things. So I think we have a lot that we'll we'll be able to be reminded of. I don't think this is any new material that you haven't seen before, um, but sometimes it's good just as a reminder to do kind of that gut check and and say, how am I doing? How did I do? How am I doing? What can we do? All right, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, thank you for uh, your word. It's been good to get back into it and encourage one another. And we think about the fruit of the Spirit, 
and how that applies to our lives. And, and uh, Max said we don't want to be conceited about this, but we do want to be um, demonstrating these in our lives. And we want to walk in the Spirit. And uh, I just pray that for each one of us that we can go through life and, and just be focused around you and then live a, live a life that's pleasing to you, living Christ out in a daily way. I do pray for the upcoming service for pastors. He brings a message. I think about other decisions we have as church with the hillside property. Uh, just give us all wisdom in that. And, uh, Lord, we look forward to what you have in store for us, quite frankly. We don't know what that is yet. Um, again, just thank you for, for another day that you give us in, in life. In Jesus' name, amen.